Oh, hello everybody. I am Louise Eddington of Cosmic Owl Astrology and this is the weirdly cosmic podcast for the Capricorn full moon that will take place on June the 24th. Uh, but before I dive into all the ins and outs of what is quite an intense full moon, um, I want to um, ask you if you enjoy my podcast please subscribe on YouTube, on iTunes, uh, wherever you watch or listen or on all the places. <laughs> please leave me comments, please leave me reviews and um, let's dive in. I'm going to pull cards first of all. So the first card I pulled for the full moon energy was actually the um, Hierophant reversed. And this kind of, you know, we've just come off a, as I record this, it's the um, the uh, day after the uh, Gemini eclipse that was at 19 Gemini. And so our minds are open to learning. And this is kind of representing any resistance that we may be in to new ideas and new learning. Um, the quote that goes with this card in the book that I love, the Angeles Arian book, is as you teach so shall you learn i think that was it yeah as you teach so you so will you learn and so you know just let go and realize that you know we don't have to know everything before you go out into the world and teach what you know so that's kind of the where we're starting that is the context for the card now, this one is uh, the debauch card, <laughs> the seven of cups. And this is kind of um, uh, letting go of um, the overwhelm of um, feeling too full, feeling like you've got so much going on, uh, allowing yourself to feel a little bit kind of um, uh, depressed. It's, it's kind of like about let it overflow. Look at this overflowing. You know, the energies are overwhelming right now. And here it is overflowing. Well, let it overflow. You can do this. All right. And if you move beyond these things, the outcome is transformation, is, is the death card. But with death comes rebirth. And that's what this card is really about. This is about um, cutting out and scything like the uh, the Grim Reaper does, reaping, uh, uh, cutting out all the blocks that you're doing, reaping what you sow and moving up through the symbols of Scorpio to um, to the transformation at the top, being the phoenix that rises. So, you know, this is a potentially really powerful period leading up to this full moon. Uh, in the Around the full moon and leading up to it. So the full moon is at three degrees and 27 minutes of Capricorn. So we have a lot of threes, a lot of nines, a lot of sixes on this day because it's on June the 24th, which is a six month and a six day. All right. In the five year, which is a year a time of real change. 
Uh, and then we have three degrees and 27 minutes. So we have the nine also there. So this is three, six, nine, which is a kind of a very creative kind of element. But around this full moon, we also have Venus will go back in bounds on, May, on uh, June the 18th, still in Cancer. So I'll talk a little bit about that. Jupiter will station retrograde on June the 20th. We have the solstice on June the 20th, which is always a turning point because um, then we uh, move into summer. Then we have Mercury going direct on June the 22nd, two days before the Capricorn full moon. And then we have Neptune stationing retrograde on June the 25th, the day after the full moon. So this is kind of crazy energy for the full moon, to be honest. That's three planets changing directions. Um, Jupiter again, the 20th, Mercury on the 22nd and, and Neptune on June the 25th. And not only that, this uh, full moon at three degrees, 27 minutes of Capricorn opposing the sun at three degrees, uh, 27 minutes of Cancer because the full moon is always in opposition is in aspect to Jupiter over there in Pisces that's stationed retrograde at two degrees and 11 minutes. It will only have moved back to two degrees and nine minutes of Pisces on this full moon. So this is shifting sands. This is changing direction. This is confusion. And to be honest, the moon in Capricorn kind of likes a bit of certainty. So this could be a bit unsettling on this full moon with all this change of direction, change of energy. Not only that, the moon is usually out of bounds in, in the sign of Capricorn and Cancer, at least since I've been tracking out of bounds moons. <laughs> I don't know whether that shifts over time. This is something I need to research. But on this full moon, this this um, the moon is going to be really out of bounds. It's going to be a declination of 25 degrees and 25 minutes, which is crazy out of bounds. So this this whole full moon is not only an area of release and fulfillment and completion. It's also a really, uh, like I said, a, a kind of shifting sands of energy with planetary changes of direction. So let's look at the numbers uh, for this full moon. So let's start with the three, the three degrees. So the three is um, actually a number of optimism, in joy, inspiration and creativity. Um, number three really um, resonates with the energies of um, of the ascended masters um, that can help you to focus on the divine spark within you and to assist with manifesting desires. They can help you find clar peace, clarity and love within. There can be a tendency with the three at times to have um, kind of um, a lack of stamina, concentration to, and you know, with all this overwhelm with planets stationing and changing directions, it kind of feels like, you know, the, there could be a tendency to step, step into this kind of um, uh, almost mania moon swings, especially with the sun over there in Cancer, just having moved into the sign of Cancer 
um, four days before this new moon. Uh, it's about, but three is really about um, conserving the growing faith in yourself. It's a, a number that's considered to be feminine and also that relates to the planet Jupiter and also the Empress in the Tarot. So it is a very beautiful number. It's a principle of growth. Uh, and so, it, you know, this you, you can choose to um, develop and grow because Capricorn is very much the um, sign of growth and achievement. You can choose to grow into this uh, sense of joy and happiness. Now let's look at the number six for the double six, the sixth day, uh, the six months. Okay, now that the number six connects of above and below. It's about intellectual creativity, imagination, union, love, perfection. It's related to the lover's card in the tarot. One of my favorite cards right now that keeps coming up for me over and over again. Because in the tarot deck I use, it's the Gemini card. It's um, about the bringing together of all opposites. It's a big, um, a big favorite of mine. So, so, you know, you can see that we're getting this uh, joy and um, optimism and creativity doubling up in the six with uniting the above and below and bringing it down um, to earth. And then, the, you know, I'm going to count the nine as well, because we um, uh, we've got the, the nine in the 27 degrees of the full moon bringing in the um, the three, six, nine, which are all very beautiful numbers. OK, and nine is the number of universal love, eternity and faith and the universal spiritual laws and spiritual awakening. It's also a number of completion. So it's kind of we're moving up the three, six and nine in this whole period. So that's kind of looking at the numbers. We might come and and look back at the numbers a little bit more again. But um, there's some other things, of course, that I want to talk about. Oh, incidentally, with the nine being uh, the number of higher love, universal love, Venus is in Cancer, which is a beautiful placement of love. And Venus is at 27 degrees of Cancer. So she's bringing in that nine too. And the ruler of this um, moon, being the moon in Capricorn, is at Saturn. And um, I want to talk a little bit about Saturn's position in this. Saturn is retrograde. Saturn's been retrograde since, oh, when did Saturn go retrograde? May, May, May the 23rd at 13 Aquarius and is retrograde till October the 11th. So he's covering some ground and and revisiting th some things about where we're going, where where we're heading, our goals, our wishes, our hopes and visions for the future. Now, um, Saturn um, is at 12 degrees on this full moon, which is another three. So so we've got that three coming in twice. But not only that, Saturn is in this beautiful little triangular kind of relationship here with Juno retrograde over in Sagittarius coming back up to the south node. Uh, Juno will actually station direct conjunct the, the south node um, when Juno turns direct later in the year. Juno will turn direct 
um, not till August the 8th. But she's at 12 degrees on this full moon and Chiron is at 12 degrees. So we've got three, three, three there as well. And this is a tremendously um, healing little triangle. It's made up of a trine, a fire trine between Juno and Chiron. Trines being really um, a supportive aspect and Chiron being the shaman and the key to healing in Aries, the sign of the I am. What am I doing to bring in the healing? And then Juno over there in Sagittarius retrograde has been asking us to really uh, rethink what our sacred relationships are what it means to be in the Heros Gamos, which is really the divine union of the opposites, the masculine and the feminine, or the male and female, so that they come in and combine to make one uh, body. And this is at a greater level than just, you know, a husband and wife. This is our human connection, our human Heros Gamos with us, with everybody with with every everything that lives we are in this divine union and sacred contract and marriage contract with with everything that we that exists to be quite honest and we've become so separated as a society it's my belief that juno's retrograde in sagittarius and a dance with the south node which is a releasing end, the past, what we want to move away from, is uh, kind of asking us to release these separatist beliefs that we've kind of come, uh, come to believe. The dogma that has been introduced by some of the uh, structures in our, um, in our <laughs> society, world, uh, universe. And then here's Saturn in the middle at the midpoint, being sextiled by both of those two, reviewing where we're going, our goals and wishes in, in Aquarius, how we're moving into the new paradigm, how we're building the new paradigm. He's saying, let's look at this all again. What have we learned so far? What are we still mastering? Saturn is mastery and um, and building and so, you know, Saturn is the ruler of the moon. So Saturn is saying, come on, let's really look at this. What are we what are we really wanting to move towards? Take a good look at it again. And then Jupiter stationing retrograde at two um, eleven um, Pisces in aspect to this lunation. Jupiter dipped into Pisces and will be retrograding back into Aquarius. If you remember back on December the 21st, 2020, uh, Saturn and Jupiter were together at zero Aquarius, bringing in this great conjunction that shifts, shifts us, shifted us into 200 years of air great conjunctions. We are moving into this more airy age of new inventions, new thought, new ideas, um, uh, new mental processes. And um, yes, it kind of began back in the 80s when Jupiter and um, Saturn met in Libra. But that was the process of the shift. We're in the age of air now with these new ideas. But Jupiter shifted into Pisces. And, and that's Jupiter is the traditional ruler of Pisces. This is about faith and belief. 
So we're being asked to take these ideas into the realms of faith and belief. And Jupiter rules Sagittarius, um, modern and traditional, where that South Node and uh, Juno are. Kind of, you know, we're being asked to listen and to trust and to let go and to go listen to what Source and Spirit is telling you. And on this full moon, you know, the, the Jupiter is in sextile aspect to the moon in Capricorn. This is about letting go of uh, the emotional attachment to those um, structures and hierarchical um, um, traditions that we've built up under the patriarchy, if you like, or under the, um, the last age that we're moving out of. And to move our core, the trine to the sun in um, cancer, to moving to being a more caring, uh, uh, creative, intuitive kind of energy. I don't know about you, but I've really noticed that um, intuition is growing in many more people. We're, be, we're acknowledging, it was there all the time, of course, but we're acknowledging our more intuitive selves. Um, we're acknowledging feelings more. The night energy that I spoke about in my book, The Complete Guide to Astrology, is becoming more prominent. Um, it's becoming less and less that everything has to be day energy, rational, doing kind of energy. Um, we're changing and shifting our value system, how we believe what we, how we believe things should work into this kind of more flow state. Um, it's just happening everywhere, in my opinion. <laughs> I hope you can feel it. So, <laughs> so incidentally, I mentioned Venus is over there in um, Cancer um, at 27 degrees. So the sun's in Cancer, so we have, you know, the sun at three degrees into Cancer, uh, Venus at three degrees before, of you know, she's three degrees away from leaving the sign of Cancer. So we've got them at the beginning and the end, bookending, and a, a three and a nine. Uh, but Venus is also opposing Pluto, that death card that I brought up. And Pluto and Venus both represent desire. So our desires are being transformed on this full moon. And, you know, a full moon is a point of release. So, yes, you think, oh, my goodness, it's never ending. <laughs> we're always being asked to release things and release things. But in this one, we're being asked to release control and to shift into this softer kind of um, um, trusting and... Um, loving energy high love 369 is love we're being asked to move into a more loving time and you know i deal with this in my venus enchantment community which you can all join for 23 dollars a month if you choose to you'll find a link below in the description where we track the movements of G of venus we we work with venus but as she relates to all the other planets because Venus represents our earthly desires, she's manifestation, she's our relationships, she's our values. Venus is just, um, uh, represents so much. She's kind of been, um, she's kind of been 
um, diminished a little bit, I would say, in the language we've used for Venus. And the more I work with the mysteries of Venus, the deeper my relationship comes. So come join us. But um, if you or just continue listening to my podcast, whichever you want to do. So what else is happening in this um, in this chart for the full moon? Well, Mercury, Mercury station direct um, at 16 degrees of Gemini. So Mercury is going to retrace all those degrees right back to 24 Gemini um, going through his shadow. But things will start to straighten out communication wise. But we're also going to have Mercury passing over the degree of the uh, new moon eclipse and uh, and then really kind of uh, return to the themes of the eclipse of June the 10th and say how are you doing with all this because Mercury was conjunct that eclipse okay so so that will be an interesting journey through that um, Neptune was square the June the 10th eclipse, Mercury, sta uh, Neptune will station retrograde, as I said, on June the 25th, the day after the full moon. So Nep Neptune is also going to kind of take us over some of this ground that we've been going through from this eclipse portal. But not only that, Vesta over there in Virgo, she's coming up to oppose um, uh, Neptune again. They've been doing this dance this whole year. Um, we've had we've had on and off what's called a mutable grand cross, where we had planets in Virgo, Pisces, Sagittarius, and Gemini, and um, the mutable grand cross kind of energy keeps getting activated, and mutable signs are changeable signs, and Vesta is in Virgo, the sign of um, service and um, usefulness and being whole and to oneself. Vesta is a sign of focus, commitment and devotion. So she has been really focused up there in Virgo. And and um, as Neptune stations retrograde, Virgo is coming up to meet him. So these two are very quickly going to have another opposition. And it's a focus on practical mysticism, on connecting with nature and the divine and whatever it is for you and bringing it down to earth in very practical ways. But again, it's that energy of earth. It's about tuning in to the energies around you and not having to read it from a book or take lessons and think in linear fashion. It's about focusing on allowing it to come through um, into earth. All right. So what else do I want to talk about? Oh, Lilith. I think I want to talk about Lilith. Black Moon Lilith is conjunct the North Node on the full moon. Now, Black Moon Lilith, I use the true Black Moon Lilith, the osculating Black Moon Lilith, which has a very erratic orb. But she is almost exactly conjunct the North Node. And the North Node is where we're longing to move to, where we're really uh, yearning to move to. Now the North Node has been stuck at 10, 10 Gemini for quite some time and will be at 10 Gemini I think until July the 16th. Because um, the nodes move backwards in um, direction, uh, the opposite to the rest, the general, the primary direction of most of our planets. Um, 
she will not the north node has uh, will be at this end this is the end of this um this 10 degree uh, decan or decan which is uh, the libra decan of gemini when uh, the north node moves back to nine degrees it will be at the gemini gemini decan and the south node will be at the sagittarius sagittarius decan and they will be finishing up their period in the um, in Gemini and Sagittarius with the decan of the sign they are in. But on this occasion, on this new moon, sorry, full moon, <laughs> Lilith, which is our shame, our wildness, she was the original wife of Adam who has been shamed. Um, she represents the part of us that is that feels shame, that has been shamed. We may, in Gemini, we may have been shamed for um, what we've said, for our voice. Um, for example, as a child, I was told to engage brain before operating mouth and children should be seen and not heard and laughed at for some of my wild, crazy ideas because I happen to have a moon in Gemini conjunct, conjunct Black Moon Lilith, very close to this point. So my ideas were often very wild and uh, my kind of straight-laced family kind of thought it was all very funny. But anyway, it doesn't matter, it's fine. But on this, um, Black Moon Lilith is on the North Node where we're yearning to go. She is yearning for us to not feel ashamed of our voice and our ideas and... Um, and the kind of quirkiness which can be very Gemini and uh, we've got this longing to just let go of that shame of the past and speak even if people think that we are a little bit um, out there and crazy and to kind of just speak for, um, for, for our raw self to be accepted so that's very interesting on the North Node. And it's at 10 degrees, which is a one, which is a new beginning. Now, you know, Black Moon Lilith's been hovering back and forth over this North Node. But on a full moon, she's right there. They're just eight. She's just eight solar arc minutes from the North Node, which is really close. Anything else I want to talk about? Let me look at this. Oh, interesting. Venus, uh, the Venus-Pluto opposition is actually in an almost exact square to Haumea. Haumea in Libra. I don't talk much about Haumea. She's one of the newly discovered um, dwarf planets that's way, way out there. But, um, you know, she keeps being activated with all this cardinal energy, that the energy in the initiating signs, Aries, um, Cancer, Libra and Pluto. And she's making this almost exact T-square to Venus and Pluto, our soul desire and our earthly desire um, uh, with Pluto retrograde, transforming, bringing the death and rebirth of our desires. And Haumea represents rebirth and fertility. And over in Libra, Libra, are we rebirthing and birthing some more equality, some more balance in our society? Um, you know, because we've got a very um, unbalanced society in so many ways between um, genders, bet between different areas of the world, between economic levels. We've got so much imbalance and nature and man, what we do with it. We're out of balance with nature. 
is how Maya asking us to transform and move into a more balanced state. I like to think so. <clears throat> now, one energy I've also been, that's been speaking to me quite a lot, <laughs> is Circe the Witch. Um, I've been listening to the Immortality Key, and I've also got the hard copy to read, which is um, quite an interesting book, which researched um, the... Um, evidence of the uh, birth of the Eucharist um, and how um, the church, the Catholic Church particularly, um, tried to eliminate anything that would um, challenge its view of the Eucharist and how the early Eucharists were all psychedelic kind of energies so that people could have direct experience of God and wouldn't have to rely on intermediaries like priests and things to um, to give them the Eucharist, and um, and Circe, um, you know, she she comes up. She's there. There is Circe um, paintings and evidence is in the catacombs of the uh, Vatican underneath the Vatican. And uh, and she was kind of included in early Christian worship in the secret, <laughs> the ones that kept the pagan ways, if you like, the bad ways. OK, and if you've ever read Circe by uh, Madeline Miller, she was uh, she was a, a, a loner, a woman unto herself, but she was a, a farm pharmaceutical person. She mixed potions and things and she was said to have turned men into pigs and such like. Well, I kind of think that she actually was using psychedelia so that people just thought they were turning into pigs and they weren't really because they were having a psychedelic experience. And anyway, on this um on this full moon, Circe is actually at 29 degrees Gemini. She's been involved in this eclipse system, um, eclipse um, season also. She was very close to the eclipse uh, on June, June the 10th. And she's at the anoretic degree of Gemini on this degree, the 11, 29, 11 degree, the gateway to the uh, next um, sign, which is Cancer. So Circe is kind of, um, if you think of the, the lover's card and the Gemini energy being about all that's paired, the journey of the twins and things like that. Circe has been mixing this potion through her journey through Gemini. And now at this very end on this full moon, she's saying, have you learned yet? Have you learned yet that we are this big melting pot? that everything has its equal and opposite and coming back to that hieroscamos again. And what do you need? What kind of direct experience of the divine do you need to actually um, understand that? Gemini being really understanding and learning as well. And so um, here she is asking us that. So that might come up for you too. <laughs> Because I'm not sure we've absolutely learned our lessons yet. I, I do my daily walks at the moment, four to five miles every day, sometimes more. And, um, I, you know, I live in Utah and the West is in such an extreme drought situation. And as I walk, I just see all these people with their sprinklers going in the middle of the day. I see whose lawns are lush and green and you know how much water it takes to water, to water a lawn and who thinks 
it's sensible to have a lawn in the desert. Full disclosure, we have a lawn. <laughs> we're letting it go brown this year uh, because we're in this extreme drought. And it's my dream that eventually we dig up the lawn and, and don't have anything else. Some states are sensible and pay um, pay people to dig up their lawn, but Utah doesn't do that yet. But anyway, you get the idea. We're learning about all these kind of energies. Oh, the other thing I did want to mention is that on June the 14th, so before the full moon, uh, we do actually have the second Saturn Uranus square exactly. And um, that's just at 13 degrees as well, the number of the goddess. And a Uranus in um, Taurus is radically awakening us to what we're doing to the earth. And as I speak, we've just had Ceres, the great mother, who I did a great presentation on for OPA. You can still buy the recording for just $15 um, on at opaastrology.org. Um, she was conjunct Uranus and we are being awakened to um, what we're doing. <laughs> you know, Venus rules that Taurus and here Venus in that T-square with Haumea and Pluto. We are being awakened to what we need to die to that death card to be reborn. So, whew, that was very, um, wow, I kept going really fast. So I'm going to read this, the symbols for you and, and leave you to it. You know, um, if you follow my daily posts, I'm available on as Cosmic Owl Astrology on um, Facebook. I have a follow page. Uh, Cosmic Owl Astrology Louise Eddington. I have an Instagram Cosmic Owl Astrology and my YouTube channel Cosmic Owl Astrology. Um, those places I post um, d more detailed day-by-day -day kind of aspects. You can follow those. If you join my Venus Enchantment community, we have a Moon Venus Kiss Call every month. I also do almost daily little videos for my members and more. Um, the Moon Venus Kiss Calls have shamanic journey work um, included in them and we follow the Venus journey. But we always bring in all the other planets, of course. And we do shamanic journey work. And the reason I do that is that, to my mind, shamanic journey work is kind of like the early Eucharist. I think if you really do deep journey work, you are altering that, uh, sorry, you are entering that alternate reality, the imaginary realms, and you don't need to take psychedelics. You can do it through shamanic journey work. So you can enter the magical realms, you can get answers, you can see the higher energies of the universe. And that's why we include shamanic journey work in it. And at some points in the um, Venus journey, we also do soul retrieval, transmutation, all kinds of um, wondrous healing journeys. So it's kind of more than astrology, by the way, my Venus enchantment community. But where was I going on that? Oh, yes, I'm going to read the symbols. <laughs> So please follow all my pages and again, give me reviews. And you can actually, if you, all you want to do is support this podcast, you can support it at anchor.fm forward, forward slash weirdly cosmic for as little as 99 cents a month. So the Chandra symbol for Capricorn 4, 
is footprints in the snow. You are following your own footsteps. In the last previous lifetime, you set into motion a very full karmic momentum, which only got to midstream. This time, you first recapitulate the previous patterns and then set out where they lead. All of it, every step, feels fated, inevitable. It is an uncannily strong inward impression. Yet in order to permit the soul of this lifetime some measure of autonomy and freedom, this knowledge is held in the superconscious mind and you can then cast about as though nothing had happened before. Except that the inward instincts direct you in a predetermined course and the lessons and the scenes are so very familiar. When individual karma is this strong, the truth is that you must go through what you have set yourself to take on and inwardly you know it, while outwardly you tread lightly, whistling in the dark, hoping that heavy feeling does not mean what you know it means for better or worse. <laughs> I find that one really interesting. And it's about fate versus free will in some respect. And I think what it's basically saying is that we have the free will to choose to follow the path we are meant to do. So, And we can ignore it also. So the um, Sabian symbol for Capricorn 4 is a group of people outfitting a large canoe at the start of a journey by water. Uh, the keynote that Dane Rudyard gave is the ability to use natural resources and basic skills in order to achieve a group purpose. And he said the main emphasis is on group activity in circumstances implying a need for change. I kind of see it like that, but I also see that we have the North Node in Gemini and we're coming together as community, which is a group activity. And I, I kind of see the um, outfitting a large canoe at the start of a journey by water is a real pioneering journey. You know, it's, it's kind of about um, moving away from the past and going with the flow on water because it's a journey by water to allow the journey to kind of take you on this pioneering exploratory journey of discovery. Okay, so, but you're doing it, you're not doing it alone. You're doing it with a group of people. So that's kind of what I feel like this full moon is taking us on. It's releasing this need to do everything alone. Okay. So I think that's it for now. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. I hope you'll subscribe on YouTube and check the little bell so you get notified. Again, follow me, Cosmic Owl Astrology, everywhere or support the podcast on anchor.fm. I love your comments. I love to receive your comments. This full moon is a powerful time of shifting change, not just because it's a full moon, high energy release aspect in Jupiter, which kind of amplifies everything. But Jupiter's always also stationing. We'll be shifting directions a little bit. We'll be revisiting things. Mercury's moving forward. <sighs> the biggest lesson, though, of this full moon, looking at everything, the numbers, um, the uh, cards, 
the actual full moon and the astrology is that we are moving into this energy of love and I've been seeing this develop over time and we're talking about kind of the higher love, the being love, acting love, loving yourself more um, and showing that, not just like giving it lip service. This is about action and really stepping into being love. So be more love people and be enchanted and I'll see you on next time.